John, First John, we're looking, continuing, picking four things out of this portion tonight before we move in to the next section. So, <clears throat> preventing the practice of sin is what verses 1 to 10 is about. Recognise the rebelliousness of sin. Recognise the reason for the incarnation to take away our sins and to destroy the works of the devil. Recognise the relationship of abiding in Christ. John 15. And uh, <clears throat> knowing that, if we, and if we do abide in Christ... We won't practice sin. We will practice righteousness. That was last week. Tonight, recognising the result of practising sin. What happens if we do practise sin? And that word practice is you're an unsaved person. You're continually doing this. And um, <clears throat> we shouldn't be. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word we have before us. And may we be encouraged to walk in righteousness as we looked at last week and Lord that we wouldn't participate in sin at all and that we would make it dead in our lives and Lord that we bring glory to your name by walking in the light, walking in the truth and walking with one another and do what Enoch did walked with God and he was not for God took him and Lord you may take us in our lifetime into your presence and we thank you for that promise bless the word tonight May it bring glory to the name of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> the result of practising sin. Romans 6.23, one of those verses we probably know that we might quote from time to time with unsaved people, for the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the result of practising sin is death. And John gives several startling statements about those who continue in sin, even if they profess to know the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> and these four things that we look at tonight from four different verses in this section can continue to grow in intensity if we, as we go through them, if you think of that as we go through them. The first one's found back in verse 4, where... He who practices sin, that is continually practices sin, transgresses the law. And that's a pretty serious thing in practicing sin. Practices lawlessness. And such a, such a one is, he can claim all he wants to be a Christian, but he is a rebel, uh, unsaved. Lawlessness cannot be excused or explained away. And so practicing lawlessness, we turn to Romans chapter 6, reveals the character of the one that's practising lawlessness and practising sin, transgressing, transgressing the law. Romans 6 and well-known verses, we are to reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin as Christians, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Let it not reign as a king, but that you should obey, that you should obey it, sin in its lusts. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. This is the opposite to what we concluded with last week. He does not practice sin, but one who <clears throat> practices sin is yielding his members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but we need to practice righteousness and use our members for that purpose. But one that continues to do this, he can claim all he wants, or she all who wants, she wants, 
but not is not a Christian. In verse 16 of Romans 6, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants who obey, he servant ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, this is what we look recognizing the results of practicing sin, it's death, and if you're a Christian, and we practice, or not practice, if we commit sin, then we bring a death in our relationship with the Lord. But God be thanked that we're as ye were the servants of sin. Who is he writing to? He's writing to Romans, Gentiles, saved people. <clears throat> you were once that, you've obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine that was delivered unto you, but being then made free from sin. So the word sin is used 16, 17 and 18 of Romans chapter 6 there. We don't do it. We don't want to do it. If we do do it, we have that come upon us that we, we guilt, <laughs> guilt comes upon us. And, 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 and when we get guilty as Christians, we'll try to shift the blame to somebody else. Don't, don't do that. <clears throat> it doesn't work because we need to confess the sin, as John says. And Romans 8, 5 through to 9 speaks of that battle that goes on. They that are after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And I pray that we follow that. Now, you might be able to think of people in the past that have made professions and confessions of the Lord Jesus. Well, at camp, way back in early days, there was tens of people made confessions and professions of faith. I can name a few that are still going, but they were from other churches, so we don't stay in contact. But <clears throat> previous pastors who've been seen in the pub drinking. That person saved? He's practising sin. Pub talk. And, and, and with, with them. And you think of the end of some of these people. They've died an untimely death. And you say, maybe they were Christians. And the Lord, as in First Corinthians 11, took them home. You see, we can't say that's a Christian and that's not a Christian, but if they continually practice sin and nothing happens, then you say, maybe they weren't. Even pastors, um, <clears throat> family that you might have seen. Remember families in camp? There was a lot of family way back when Bill Grant started the first camp at Moama. A lot of family members. They're not going to camp. Well, well, they wouldn't be going to camp now. They'd be leading the camp. They'd be running the camp. They're that old. Uh, some of them are in glory if they're... But where are they? Where are they? They're, these these people now out there practicing sin and promoting aggressively that God doesn't exist. I know that, that book that Richard Dawkins puts out. That's what they're handing around. They're not handing tracts around. They're not handing the Bible around, but these people made professions of the Lord for 10 years. They're no longer walking in the way of the Lord. They're practicing sin. They're doing a very opposite. And as you, you've probably noticed and others have, that when a person who makes a profession of faith goes away from that, they aggressively react to the Christian Doctrines and truth and salvation. They aggressively go. There's a sort of they have the way to prove <laughs> that's not right anymore. Um, <clears throat> former Bible college students 
Nowhere to be seen. <clears throat> we have to be careful. We're not immune to sin. But when they practice sin, <clears throat> Bible College principal's wife, I can recall, you know, we're talking years ago, practiced sin, continually practiced sin to the point that she's in the Sun newspaper in Victoria, front page, dancing with snow, skating, <laughs> skating on thin ice, we might say, with not a husband. They're no longer together, and they're both parted and remarried. Bible college principle. You see how we look around, and, and this is true. He who practices sin transgresses the law. It's, it's not on for the Christian um, <clears throat> as I put down here if you fellowship and feed with the pigs you must be a <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's true isn't it um, if you run with the ostriches <laughs> so the other week if you're doing what the ostrich does doing it well and run you're saved you run with the strong <clears throat> soar like an eagle as it says in the Old Testament secondly so firstly, a result of practising sin, he transgresses the law, and that's in verse 4, well, back in John. <laughs> Whosoever committed sin is, transgresses the law. And the second one's found in verse 6, in the last part of verse 6. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Is that, is that a Christian? No. No. He who practises sin has not seen nor known him, it says there. And it's saying who continues in that, continues in that, in the present tense there. They're continually practising that. When a person becomes a Christian, a transformation begins, a new creature in Christ. We all know that, <clears throat> but just over in Second Peter, I like what, and this come to mind as I was looking at this in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I read there. <clears throat> The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of... Sorry, that's not the verse. It's 19. It didn't seem right there. Yes. And they promised them liberty. They themselves are the servants of corruption. Remember those people the Lord Jesus talked about, the Pharisees? Talked to, not about. He talked to them about this. Of whom a man is overcome, the same is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped... The pollutions, they get the Christian truth. They set themselves apart for a little bit like the seed in the rocky ground with no soil. They seem to shoot and grow. And <clears throat> through the knowledge of the Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. And then it, the illustration we're getting to is in verses 21 and 22. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness then after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them and so they have not seen him nor known him they know about him they've seen about him they may be read books about him but they've not known him personally in their life experience <clears throat> and it reads on it's happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to its own vomit again and the sow that was washed were wallowing in the mire. It's, you know, as dirty as you can think about it, 
that's the illustration that's given. That's what it's like to go away from the Lord and practice sin unsaved. Unsaved. Thirdly, verse 8, it says there, <clears throat> this is First John 3, 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one... No, I mean, Peter still... Um, Right, right spot on the page. <laughs> he that committeth sin is of the devil. devil. Now see how it's increasing in te- intensity. If you practice sin, you're transgressing the law. If you practice sin, you don't know him. If you practice sin, you're of the devil. In the present tense again, continually, habitually practicing sin. As it says in John eight forty four, Ye are of your father, the devil... And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. So committeth, continually does this. Uh, <clears throat> sin finds its origin in the devil, as we know in the scriptures. Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, was it? Um, <clears throat> origin in the devil, those who practice it reveal their relationship to him. They're of him. They're still of him. We were once of him, as Ephesians 2, 2 tells us, in which in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power. According to the prince of the power. we better finish that verse. <laughs> of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So, continually committing sin, you're proving that. You are one of the the devil's children still. You always have been and you always will be unless you repent. And fourthly, chapter 3, verse 10 of 1 John, it says here, In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So he is not of God if you are practicing sin. So those are four things mentioned there transgresses the law continues to sin and continues to commit sin and here we have he is not of God and he that loveth not his brother when we see a fellow brother fall and sin what should it do to us we should have compassion we should pray for, and if opportunity arises, to speak to them in the in the godly and loving fashion. So that's what we should be doing to those that are falling if they're Christians. But if we don't do that, and our response is "ha ha," yeah, serve him right, deserves it, or whatever. In First John three verse fourteen, it reads. We know, and we'll get into this next week, we, we know that we've passed from death to life. We know that we're saved, in other words. We've gone from the devil's camp to the Lord's because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. So who who practices sin and does not love is not of God, but he, he hates his brother. He's a murderer. Um, <clears throat> chapter, chapter 2 of 1 John. 
and the, verses 9 to 10, where we, uh, no, chapter 2, verses 9 to 10 over the page, it says there, he that saith he is in the light, he is a Christian, I'm walking in the light of the Lord, you know, he's a, he's, it's a light unto my feet and pathway in Psalms, and hateth his brother is in darkness. That's a pretty strong warning. If we don't like and love the brother, our brethren, and with a capay love, sacrificial love, it might cost us to do, but we need to, is not of the Lord. He that loveth not his brother abideth in the darkness. He that hateth his brother is in darkness, as it says in verse 11, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goeth. In chapter 4, verse 20, so it really emphasizes this three times, four times, in First John. Chapter 4, verse 20, and it says over there, If a man says, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. He that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? <clears throat> if you love God, you'll love your brother also. What did Jesus say? The greatest commandment when asked, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. The second is, like unto it. Love your brother as yourself. So if you're practicing sin and not loving your brother, as is the, this verse puts it, verse 10 of chapter 3, not saved. This is the fifth point. Recognize, we've got to finish it tonight. Recognize the reality of the new birth. Sin brought death. We know that. Romans tells us clearly. For by one man sin entered into the world. Romans 5, 12 and 15 and 19 speak of that. Salvation brings life. Salvation brought new life. <laughs> Wonderful life. Eternal life. Born again, as we, we read in Scripture. And a new character. We don't want to go to the mud. We don't want to go to the vomit of the dog turning again. The believer's salvation is retained. It is forever. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. He seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. And if he does sin, he is he is out of sorts with the Lord. He will want to get it right. So the believer's salvation is retained. An action completed in the past time with present abiding results. That's like describing the aorist tense in the Greek. And so our salvation is in the past with present abiding results. There, according to verse nine. And there's a natural in the natural realm, when one is born, you can't get unborn. That's it, you're born. Now, you can be aborted, like it's happening today in a terrible way, but you can't be unborn. When a Christian is true when a person is truly born again, they can't get unborn. This is eternal security, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing destroys that relationship of eternal security we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It, our salvation is retained. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. We're truly born of God. Where would you go for t speaking about that? John chapter 3, Nicodemus. Um, and the Lord will bring discipline if we get out of sorts, Hebrews 12. Um, nothing, what does it say in Romans 8? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. So we have eternal spirit. We have that hope. And the believer's seed remains in him, as it says in the last part of verse 9. 
his seed remains in him. The seed is the element in the process of production, carries forth life and the family characteristics. Therefore, God's child does not engage in the continual practice of sin because by reason of his spiritual hereditary, he's a child of the king. <clears throat> we have that seed in us. I was cleaning out the old study today, later, just right this evening, and I was a drawer open, and then two parrots landed just outside the door, and it just and it didn't move an inch, and didn't batter an eyelid, <laughs> and just watched them. And what were they eating? I think. And he seemed to be, they seemed to be both grabbing a thing of grass and with their beak and. And they got closer, there's tiny little seeds <laughs> that they, they, they go around eating all day. I suppose they get a belly full by the time they're finished, but the seed remains in them. And if they don't digest that right, you know what they do? They go and plant it somewhere else. <laughs> they, they sow it somewhere else. And you know what? God's seed remain, remaining in us as we, we've eaten the seed of life, it's, it's there, it's taken its effect. We ought to share that with other people as we take it in we give it out but we don't engage in the continual practice of sin we're not a bad testimony we want to be a testimony for the glory of god uh, <clears throat> we're children of the king we have a contrary nature to that which we used to have although we still have the old one so the old adamic nature before being born but now we have the new nature his seed remains in him <clears throat> remember what the parable said the seed is the word of God remains in us and we need to get in the word of God and so that it continually remains in us and comes out of us it it's, um, <laughs> should be said of us when he speaks he speaks Bible he speaks truth and that <clears throat> because we're so saturated with the word of God the answer will come from the Lord when we have studied the scriptures and we want to share it with one another. <clears throat> and all this is summed up with what Paul said. There the old and the new, the battle between the two in Romans 7, that which I do I allow not for what I would, that do I not but what I hate, that I do. Ah, yeah, but he's not feeling very comfortable. He's feeling guilty. <laughs> If then I do that which I would not a consent unto the law, that it's good. It tells me I am a sinner. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. We won't continually sin and feel comfortable there, because his seed is in us. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. How to perform that which is good, I find not. I for the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would that the evil which I would not that I do. Ah, the battle rages. Be encouraged if you have sinned, and you've confessed your sin, go to what Paul said here in the battle that he had with the old and the new nature. The seed that had been planted in him that brings forth life, and the old seed, the old life, it may be put to death. So the struggle goes on. Yield, 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 Romans 6 tells us to.